Thanks for listening to the Life Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Borg. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. Well, God is good. Ready for some word today. Amen. Well, if you brought your Bible with you, if you got a Bible app, got a smartphone, dumb phone, anything that has a Bible on it, find the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. I trust you come expecting the Lord to speak and move in your life today. How many, uh, how many could uh, quickly by just by raising your hand testify of that issue we ministered and prayed for earlier concerning the congestion the cough and that kind of stuff healed 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 wow quite a few all over the place isn't it good to be healed thank you for the 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 healing power of god it's good to testify when the lord moves in our lives amen well there are a lot of different types of, of messages and words that we can bring. Sometimes our, our focus is we are teaching about who God is. Uh, at other times, uh, we're teaching about who we are. And, uh, and then right at the same time, there are messages and, and many, many scriptures that are more along the lines of what we should do. All right? Anybody like what we should do type of messages? All right. uh, I know. I know there, there are some that only want to hear about what you know what we can receive, but there is a there is a part of of our relationship with God that goes like this. He He didn't create us to be idle. He didn't design that we would just receive His blessings and then sit and just be blessed. Okay, but there also is a greater purpose for our life, and that and that is how, that God would move through us. He would work. Through it. The only reason I'm here today is because God worked through somebody else. The only reason you're, if you're, if you're a believer, the only reason you are is because someone else brought it to you. Someone else shared what they knew. Someone else maybe left their comfort zone. Someone else prayed. Someone else did something. And you were the recipient of eternal life. You were the recipient of God's amazing grace. Aren't you thankful for that? Uh, And so I want to read here in Matthew chapter 5 where Jesus was speaking. He said in verse 14, you are the light of the world. Say that with me. Say, I am the light of the world. Wow, that's kind kind of a high assignment there. Me, light of the world. He went on to say, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. In other words, the very purpose of that lamp's existence is to benefit others, is to give light to them. I mean, you don't want to turn on the light in the closet and close the door. Hmm? That just annoys the person who pays the electric bill. Turn the stinking lights off. <laughs> uh, but you wouldn't do that because that light doesn't serve any purpose then in the closet if someone can't benefit from what it is giving. Uh, so that's the reason it exists. Verse, it exists. Verse 16, let your light 
so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So, so letting our light shine is, uh, is something that's up to us. It's our choice, it's our assignment, our obligation. We are to do that. Can you see that? But it's not automatic. It seems that though we are the light of the world, that's a condition of being. Letting our light shine is up to us. So if I'm told to let my light shine, I guess it would be possible to not let it shine. To hide it under a bushel. No. You know, to... <laughs> to, <laughs> to to cover it, to hide it, to keep it down. But if I will do so, if I'll follow this direction and let my light shine before people, not hiding anything, not trying to be secretive, I'm just who I am and letting it shine, then what happens? Others are going to see it. They'll benefit from it. What's the end result? They will glorify God. They'll say, glory to God. As a result of me letting my light shine, shine yeah so God could get glory then through somebody else depending on what you do with the light inside of you and your responsibility your assignment of being that light so the opposite again this would be hiding the light and we can see through scriptures through other places I mentioned this regularly at the end of the service how how Jesus said if you confess me before men I'll confess you before the father uh, you can see that, that, uh, that the Lord is not interested in His people hiding. His people concealing, being secretive, or keeping the message back. Right? He wants us to be public. He wants us to speak. Amen. Out loud. In front of everybody. This is, we're, not, we're not supposed to hide what He has done in our lives. But you know, our world today, there's pressure in that, in that regard. Some want us to, you know, keep our Jesus to ourselves. You know, keep your Jesus, all your Jesus talk in your church buildings. And, uh, and don't say anything out in public. Especially, don't, don't want to have any Jesus in the government. Right? You know, or in the school system. Don't have, don't have any, don't do Jesus in the schools. Which is crazy. You go back far enough, I mean, if you've studied this, some, some have done great study on this, you go back far enough in our country, the public school system was designed to give people a Christian education. They said, if you don't want that, you have to have a private school. <laughs> How things have changed. Uh, but don't, don't, don't Jesus in the, in, in the schools or in public conversation, you want to, you, you want to keep quiet. Uh, Years ago, in some of our professional sports stadiums, if, if you were attending like a baseball game, you would find that when there was some sort of tragedy or someone of significance died or there was an earthquake or something gone wrong in the country of national significance, that they would actually have a time of prayer, you know, in between innings. And, they, and someone would be on the public address system, tens of thousands of people, and they would pray. That was normal in our country. And then over time, what happened is, is that diminished, and then later, they would have a time of silent prayer. But it was still being mentioned, a time where everyone could silently pray uh, for 
the different things that were going on and and uh, and then that got watered down a little bit more and nowadays they'll still at times have a a moment of silence and uh, everyone just be quiet and I, and I appreciate there's re- still some respect there it's a respectful thing but how many know the, you know the bible never said the moment of silence will heal the sick <laughs> if you're really going through it in life you're really being beat up you just need to Shut up. <laughs> no, just the opposite. How many know we need to speak up? You need to let your voice be heard. Your voice carries weight in the realm of the Spirit. When you put God's Word in your mouth and you speak, that means something. When you speak and call on the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, and you speak the name of Jesus, I tell you, things are changed. So we don't, we don't need, I'm, I'm, there's, a, there's a time and a place for silence for sure, but what we need is people to speak up. And I know this scripture that we read here, uh, it, it doesn't... Uh, directly, uh, you know, state us speaking, it says they will see our good works and glorify the Father in heaven. There's no doubt we need to have consistency between our words and our actions. And sometimes people will come to the Lord just, I mean, the, 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 the starting block will be this. They saw that you used to be a jerk and now you're nice. Huh? Or you used to have all kinds of problems, or maybe you had health issues, and now you're you're doing well and you're healed. By people seeing God in our lives, that is definitely key. But if you add other verses to this text, you'll find consistently in Scripture the Lord also wants us to speak up. Okay, He doesn't want our voice to be quiet. He wants our voice to be heard. When you know something, it's time to share it. Okay, and uh, and so. Um, Praise God. How many know if we, if we go dark, if we go quiet, there's another voice that's going to fill that void? If we're not speaking, someone else is going to speak. And the wrong people speak. You know, what do you mean? People who don't know. They don't know what, what, what some of us know. And so we need to let our voices be heard. Amen. Uh, uh, several weeks ago, we were having a service here. And... In, in seeking the Lord and praying before the, the, the service, I heard the word evangelist as I prayed. And then as we were in the service and we were worshiping the Lord together and praising God, I heard the word evangelist again. I say, what do you mean you heard? Well, that's what that last series we did. Get that last series. The Spirit of God was talking to me and sharing me things, but just one word at a time. And, and so I, uh, I knew what to do when I heard that word. That's kind of sometimes when the Lord speaks to you, you, get in for, you just kind of know along with it. And I knew that I should get up in the service and I should uh, talk about evangelism. I should talk about that gifting, that ministry, that heart, that desire. I began to exhort and, and, and explain some things along those lines. And, and don't give it... Don't get me wrong, it wasn't an evangelistic service. There wasn't a, a service for lost people to get saved, like this one is, okay? And uh, it wasn't a service for, for that to take place. It was a service full of believers, but the Lord was talking to individuals about evangelism. And, uh, and so as I began to explain and, 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 and exhort along those lines, uh, I knew that I should have a response that I should call people out of the service and that they should come up to the front of the, of, uh, right up here. And, uh, and that individuals should come. And, and so I did that. 
And I put that call out there and people flocked to the front. Many people came. And by the end of it, I thought, man, the Lord had called the whole church to evangelism. I mean, seriously, I did not cast the net to where like, hey, if, you don't, if you're not up here, you're hardly saved. It was not that kind of a call at all to compel people. It was just respond to what you have in your heart, what the Lord is dealing with you about. But I was really surprised in a very good way how many people were moved by the Spirit of God and came uh, seeking Him to work through their lives that way. And, uh, and I was touched by it. I know he was. And I, I thought, what is going on here? This is not normal. I mean, people generally, you know, the human race, I'm not saying us, but the human, we're selfish people. What can you do for me? And this call was exactly the opposite. There was no come up here and get a blessing. It was not come up here and be healed. It was not come up here and, you know, no, it was, it was, I want God to use me to touch somebody else. I want Him to work through my life so, so that others can have what I have. I tell you, that is the heart of God. That it is, is the desire of Him that people would be used of Him and they would be mindful of others. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. I mean, no, Jesus didn't come for Himself. He had no needs personally. He came for others. And when I, I saw that, I was, you know, the Spirit of God was all over the place. I mean, manifestation of the Spirit was powerful. Uh, but not only that, I was moved. thought, this is great. This is totally a setup. This city is toast. I mean, they are in trouble with this many people saying, God, use me. Lord, move through me. I recognize what you want to do. And that's the end. I said, we're going to shake some things. Oh, glory to God. And then what we had, what we had is, is, is quite a few individuals started testifying independently of others and saying, when I was up there, I saw this bright light. And one person said, I put my arm in front of my eyes to block it and it wouldn't go away. In other words, it wasn't coming from one of our lights. <laughs> it, was the, it was this brightness. And you see in Scripture, that's a manifestation of the glory of God. And I also see, well, that kind of fits with Matthew 5. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And when people are recognizing this move of the Spirit in their lives to reach others, and then this bright light, I'm kind of connecting the dots, saying God is all over this, you guys. He is moving mightily in this city. He is moving in this house, and He is moving through us. And there is not going to be a diminishing or a, a, a slowing down, but there will be a maximizing and a speeding up of this work of God in these days. And so I want to draw our attention to this particular cause, focus, this desire of the Lord so that we can be right in, the, in, in line with the move of God's Spirit right here, right now. We're in a season and we're going to make the most of it. And many people are going to be changed and many lives are going to be saved and, and, and God is going to get all the glory, but we get to participate. Huh? huh? You know how many people want to be a part of a move of God? And here we are. <laughs> we're going to keep praying, but we're going to walk this out. 
And we're going to see him move like never before. Now, uh, you might be familiar with Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. It goes along with this. It reads, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So, again, we are light, so walk that way. Just like he said, you are the light of the world, so let it shine. As a believer, I am light, so I should walk that way. In other words, be who you are. Huh? Not who you've always been, not how the world defines you, not how family or someone else defines you. Be who you are in Him. That's the reality of our existence. I am light. All right, say that with me. Say it. I am light. Now, you're not darkness, no death, no destruction, the light of the Lord. It's who we are. It's one of our, 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 our descriptions. Okay, now let's talk about this word evangelist for a moment. You might be familiar with it. You might not be familiar with it. Sometimes people loosely throw around terms uh, in the world. They often get it wrong. And anyone who's on television, we're on television, they might refer to me as a tell-evangelist. I am not a tell-evangelist. I'm not any kind of evangelist, actually. That's not my calling. However, uh, let's... uh, Let's break this down. The word evangelist means a messenger of good. Okay? What is an evangelist? They are a messenger of good. We could also just say it this way. They are a preacher of the gospel. All right? What's a preacher? Uh, A preacher is just one who proclaims something. One who tells one who shares, okay? The gospel, you know, is, is, is good news. And so an evangelist, then, is a messenger of good. How many know our message is not bad news? Anytime, anytime the church gets off in areas where everything they have to say is negative, you know we've kind of missed the point, okay? I, I'm, not, I'm not implying that there isn't any bad news if you're on the wrong side. There is. Okay, I'm not saying that everything for everybody is always going to be great. No, but that's not our primary message. Yeah, what is the gospel? The gospel is good news. What are we called to preach? Good news. Yeah, that's why we think of church. That's why we think of Sunday morning uh, or Sunday afternoon. Uh, That's why we think of it as a celebration, as a happy time, as a rejoicing. Why? Because our message is good. Say, my my life is messed up. I know. Good news, though. Jesus died for you, man. God loves you. He wants to turn your situation around. Yeah. I know sometimes we have to deal with negative stuff and, and, and so forth. But that doesn't diminish. It should never take away from the message. The message is good news. Yeah, you want to get someone's attention? Walk into the room, go up to them and say, hey, I've got good news. Will they want to hear it? Yeah. If you say it like that, I've got good news. Instead of, oh, by the way, you're a rascal. You know, or, you know, leading with negative stuff. No, good news is our message. Paul wrote to Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5, and wrote, but you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, Do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Now this is interesting to me because Paul told Timothy to do an evangelist's work, but Timothy was not an evangelist. 
are some of us supposed to, or all of us, supposed to do things that are not tied to our direct assignment or our overarching call? The answer is yes. Timothy wasn't an evangelist, but was told to do the work of an evangelist. Say this out loud with me. Say, some are called to be evangelists. Others are called to do the work of an evangelist. Yeah, see, this is how the kingdom of God works. And, and, and this, is, this is where we go over to Mark chapter 16. I'll just quote it for you. I put it up on the screen. Mark chapter 16. This is, these are some of Jesus' last words uh, before he returned to heaven where he said, verse 15, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel or the good news to every creature he who believes and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned that's amazing to me to see the power of belief how believing ends up in one place or the other based on what someone believes no one can believe unless someone tells them believing is based on hearing So his commission, his statement to all those who would follow him is that we should go into all the world and preach the gospel or share the good news. That call is independent or that assignment is independent of a person being an evangelist. So if anyone says, I don't really know if I'm an evangelist, some of you may be, you know, and have different measures of that gift. But someone said, I don't know if I'm really an evangelist. Good, you're off the hook. You're off the hook from being an evangelist. We're just going to talk about what we're all supposed to do. Okay? What do we all do? The work of an evangelist. To some degree, to some level, we all are to do the work of an evangelist. Now, how I can, how I can explain that a little bit further. Um, if you read through Scripture, you'll find... In different places of the Bible, there are individuals who are gifted in certain areas. Let me, let me give you an example. One of them is, is giving. Do you know that some people have a special grace upon their life to give? How many, how many think that excludes everyone else from being a giver? Or has maybe by chance the Lord called, because of His nature, because of who He is, every single one of us to be givers, to be generous people? Yeah, well, what if I, I'm not really gifted that way? Well, that doesn't matter. You'll, you'll find that there is kind of a base level, a baseline of what it means to walk with God, to be like Him, and the activities we conduct ourselves in. That there's a baseline that's it's true for every one of us. And then those that rise above that, there are those with specific callings and gifts that will excel in some of those areas more than the average person. All right. Uh, another example is is prophecy. All right, there are some who have a gift of prophecy, but no, you know the scripture also says that all can prophesy. Yeah, so you have what everyone can do, and then you have some individuals who have a unique and special identifying gift, and they're obviously going to be used in that area to a greater extent. They'll be more effective. They'll be more frequent. Yeah, but that doesn't mean everyone can't be involved. In some, of these, in some of these different areas. Some are, some are gifted to be a teacher. They're really gifted and anointed to explain things. Well, not everyone has that gift. But right at the same time, if you know how to do something, you could probably tell someone else how to do it. 
you could probably, every person independent of their gifting could explain some things to someone else. In other words, you could teach them. Okay? Now, I may not be called to be, and I'm not called to be an evangelist, but can I evangelize? Can I speak good? Declare good news? Can and do. Can you? Huh? Huh? Everyone? Yeah. You can and do, or should do. The Lord has enabled all of us to do this, at least at some level. And if we will recognize that, we enter into this move of the Spirit. It's the heart of God. I want to show you this from from John chapter 1. Something very powerful. Uh, So go over just a few books to the right. John chapter 1. And this was, this was a pattern here in the early days of Jesus coming on the scene and how people responded uh, to him. This was, this was taking place, if you're familiar with Scripture, right after Jesus was baptized uh, by John the Baptist in the, in the river there. Uh, and I want to begin reading in verse 35. It reads, again the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked by, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned, and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is, which is to say when translated teacher, Where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. How many know Jesus wasn't homeless? (laughs) Jesus had a place to stay, and it was big enough to have guests. For those of you who've been taught that Jesus was poor. Okay, side note. But notice what he said also. I think this is interesting. He didn't just say, hey, yeah, it's down there. Right, Go turn right, then turn left. He said, why don't you come and see? If anyone ever asks you, I find this to be a good response. Anyone ever asks you, so what's been going on with you? What have you been doing? What's been happening in your life? Well, come and see. I notice you've been different. I notice some things are changed in your life. You're different than you used to be. What's going on? Well, come and see. I, I love the idea of getting people. And not, I don't mean to imply by any means that, that someone has to come to church to get saved because they don't. Uh, but I do like to get people in here. Because the, when we get together, because we pray a lot in here. And we worship and we speak the word. There is a residue of God's presence continually. It's just, and we, we keep hearing testimonies of people coming in the parking lot and getting healed. People driving by on the way, on the, on the way to do bad things. And all of a sudden they, they literally, literally, and then all of a sudden they turn the, the, and they find themselves in church. People, come, what was the one a few weeks ago? Someone came walking up the steps. By the time they got into the building, they were healed of something. So what's going on there? I don't know if it's good. <laughs> I like it. What is it? I tell you, it's a manifestation of the glory of God. He is, and I'm not, this is not the only place he's moving, but I'm thankful he's moving here. And uh, he's doing great things, and it's only going to increase more and more and more and more and more and more and more. So as much as you have opportunity, tell people, hey, come and see. Come check this out. Come see what's happening. You'll be impressed. All right. Uh, he went on to say, uh, they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Uh, Now it was about the 10th hour. Uh, One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, 
I don't know why I just didn't say that earlier, but <laughs> anyway, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, he first found his own brother, Simon. What did he do? First thing he did, what? he found his brother. Did you find your brother yet? We could say, sister, go find your, go find your family. Go find someone close to... First thing he did is he found Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. How did, how did Peter get to Jesus? His brother brought him. Brought him to Jesus. How did you get to Jesus? My grandmother brought me to Jesus. How did you get to... Someone brought you. So it came through someone. Now, now, when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew, and Peter. Look at verse 45. What did Philip do? Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. This is very interesting to me. It seemed consistent that when someone was found, they immediately went finding. I, someone found me, and so I kind of seem like, seems like I should go find somebody else. That's the pattern, and God used that, and that's how some of these disciples met the Lord. That continues to be the way that God works through His body today. Say this out loud with me. Say, found people. Find people. Say it again. Found people. Find people. If you've been found, then it's time to get finding. Huh? For what did they do? They first went to those who were closest to them. Someone said, I can't talk to strangers. Well, why don't you start talking to people you do know? What about your brother? What about your sister? What about your mom or dad or, or friend or, or, or someone, someone in your life? Uh, who needs found? You needed found. I needed found. I'm so thankful someone found me. So was it that person that found you or, or was it the Lord who found you? Yes. The Lord finds us through people. And without people finding, does the Lord find? Does he ever get introduced to someone? This is a hallmark of those who get it. They want to share it. When you understand, when I understand what I have from the Lord, there's a compulsion to say, man, you got to tell someone else about this. This is really good. You ever found a really good sale? 80% off. And you went in and cleaned up. And you filled your bag and your cart and your car. And, and man, 80% off. You're so excited. You got such great deals and loaded up. And then what'd you do? Then you told someone you cared about. You told a friend, a family member. You said, hey, listen, there is this sale going on there. 80% off. You've got to get, you told them with enthusiasm. You told them with excitement. Huh? 
Why? You found something. And you wanted them to take advantage of that as well. What if we found a deal that was like, I don't know, 100% off? Well, come to think of it, we have. 100% of sin forgiven. 100% saved. 100% accepted. 100% made new. I get 100% of heaven and 0% of hell. This is a pretty good deal. I moved. I was found. i got to tell someone else about this deal. I mean, this is almost too good to be true, but it's real. It is true. i got to tell someone about it. Think they want to know? Oh, they totally want to know. They totally want to know. And I think we sell ourselves short if we think people don't want to hear what we have. If you watch the news, you might believe that. If you just watch Hollywood, you might believe that. But those aren't real people. <laughs> that isn't where most people are. I tell you, don't, don't believe for a moment that everyone around you in your life doesn't want to hear what you have to say, doesn't want to know. They do want to know. Amen. And I believe God will use us on an increased measure to let them know, to find someone who's lost and tell them this amazing secret. Amen. I've entitled this message. Are you ready for the title? <laughs> Finding Frank. Okay. Finding Frank. Uh, do you know who Frank is? Some of you know Frank. Frank is your friends and relatives and associates and neighbors and kids. A word on the street, I've heard that Nemo's been found. I heard the other fish, they found that one too. Yeah, but Frank is still out there. And Frank needs someone to find him. I've been found, you've been found, some of you have been found, right? And Frank still needs to be found. And so what I'm believing, what I'm um, in exhorting you today to do is to be mindful of the heart of God that He has called us all to be carriers of this great good news and to start seeking, to start looking for Frank he might be in your house. He might live next door. He might be at work. He, he, he's all over. <laughs> and seeking the Lord. Lord, show Frank to me. Light him up when I see him. Or Frank can be a her nowadays. Sorry. <laughs> Frank, I want to find who, who is that that I'm supposed to share with? Who is that person? Where, where is he? And the Lord, because the Lord has you strategically in a certain position in your life and in this community. He has, you didn't know, someone didn't realize that the Lord has already set things up. There's divine connections and people are being connected to you because they need found. And the Lord is already working behind the scenes to cause all this to come together. Amen. And we are stepping up to the challenge. We are taking this up like never before. And in the next few weeks, we're going to get busy about our Father's business. And Jesus came to seek and save the lost, and here we are. He's finding people through us. Praise God. And, uh, and we're going to, we're, we're, I tell you, this city's in trouble. Right? Because He is raising us up. Raising us up to be who we really are. The light of
We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day. Thank you.